0: Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in Tallahassee's All Saints District, this is The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones, presented by Hobson Chevrolet. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom Block and Keith Jones.
1: Greetings, everybody. Tom Block and KJ with you. It is NFL Draft Week. The baseball boys are playing well, and there is lots of stuff to talk about as per usual. But, but we'll start this with is the supposed to be slow.
2: This is supposed to be the slow time. Uh, it's not that slow.
1: I mean, uh, if you thought it was the slow time, just go ahead and have the District Court of Appeals overturn a decision and deflate Gates back, and boom, that takes us right to the opening week of the NFL season, and everything's covered. I'm not talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get into the flake gate either. We will talk football, uh, the NFL draft coming up. Tim Linnefelt, our Seminoles.com insider, will join us next segment. Really interesting uh, article that he's got on Seminoles.com today or whenever it uh, first went up. But it basically looks at all 42 of Florida State's first-round draft picks historically, which starts with Ron Sellers. And amazingly, Keith, going through your day, I think Bobby Butler was only maybe the sixth first-round pick. That is correct. And now they're up to 42. So, I mean, 36 since 1980. Do the math on that. It's a pretty good average.
2: Things were well real different back then. One real, uh, real true-life story. I had gotten married and was not living in the dorm. Monk was still in the dorm. And when it was announced that Bobby had been drafted – you know it was over the radio it was it was uh my espn might have been doing something i don't remember but but it was like all of a sudden it became news and i didn't know what to do so i ran to bobby's apartment and who was standing there knocking on the door but monk so monk and i were standing outside bobby's apartment they'd already whisked him off he was gone <laughs> and monk and i are standing outside, jumping up and down hugging each other outside his door times have changed
1: well, and uh, I guess you didn't make the cut. You weren't part of the posse to go with Bobby
2: to wherever he went at that. Point. Was not invited. Yeah. Would, would have gone had I been invited, but no, I was not part of the posse. Did they even have posse's back? Then? I don't.
1: You tell me. That's I don't. For my day, uh, but it is hard to fathom. I mean, that that speaks really to what Florida State's become in terms of football powerhouse. To think that there's been thirty six more picks since then in the first round and how many more years have we had since 1980 to 2016 you know i mean i'll let
2: you do the math
1: yeah i'll pull out the calculator here momentarily but tim uh, uh ranks the top 10 and i have a feeling where i'd side on this we don't have to discuss this now but uh we'll get into it with tim we don't want to We'll bring it up we'll see if he'll actually uh spill the card spill the beans or if uh he'll make everybody log on to seminoles.com and find out the answer to that question. But uh, the other questions related to the draft, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, it's an interesting draft and Keith, you mentioned uh, a month ago maybe, maybe 2 months ago now that uh, if you had the top pick, you would trade it. And obviously that came to fruition. Well, both of the top picks went away. So and to speak. and I looked I you know, I looked around at various uh newspaper websites today for the, you know, for San Diego, Jacksonville, Dallas, Baltimore. And when you look at them, it's interesting because I, I almost every one of them had the same article, which was Chargers open to trading down, Jaguars will trade down if possible, Ravens would consider trade down with the cow. So I mean, the beat writers are doing their job trying to cover it, and the, and the the teams themselves are just saying, "Hey, we're open to anything. You want to trade us the world? We're good." But I, I guess the sort of the prevalent thought is that the talent at the top uh, is not what it has been some years in the NFL draft but that the depth is pretty good and you know you're going to get the same guy at pick 12 as you will at pick 40 and so why not trade down
2: the the middle uh group uh you know outside I guess the two quarterbacks that everybody traded up for but you know even picks 3 through 10 3 through 12 I mean it's almost like you could sh- put them in a bag and shake them up because it's going to be Absolutely, completely driven by what you need. So that said, where does Jalen Ramsey go? I I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this. You know, we we said, could he be the first-round pick? I think that uh, the top overall pick. Uh, And I think, obviously, when that trade was done, that went away. Uh, Could he be the third pick? You know, I I don't know. The way – it's all the way the general manager and and the coach is thinking about what's the biggest need and and is a a premier defensive tackle – more important than a premier defensive back. And that will vary by who you talk to. Uh, I I think today's environment, if you can get those big bodies in the middle that can run stop and get some push – because everybody's going out of the, 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 um, uh, the shotgun as well as the pistol. you know, It used to be you get the defensive ends on the outside because you had seven- and nine-step drops, and you'd get that push on the outside. Now everything's up the middle uh, for two reasons. Number one, they're closer to the line of scrimmage. They're not dropping back seven steps. If they drop back at all, it's three, and they're starting at five. And number two, just mathematically, Quickest distance between two points is a straight line. So defensive tackles are are the the things you want today, whereas 25 years ago it was a running back, and there might be only one, possibly two, running backs even going in the top 30 picks this year. Jalen can do a lot of things. He's not a
1: defensive tackle, however. That is correct. You know, I looked at several mock drafts today, and none of them had him sliding past six, but it was all over the map, and I don't know that any of them, maybe one of them had San Diego taking him at third. A uh, couple had the Cowboys taking him at fourth. One mock draft I looked at had the Jaguars trading up to get in front of the Cowboys so that they could take Ramsey. Uh, and then a couple had him going to sixth and, and going to Baltimore. Uh, so I don't know that he's at this point guaranteed a top five. I would say he's guaranteed top ten because Tom Lang and Jeff Cameron are personally going to go to one-buck place if he's sitting there when the Bucks pick and Tampa Bay fails to draft him. It will get it there, will, <laughs>
2: there, there. will be seismic. Yes, there will be <laughs> episodes. Yeah, in the All Saints District
1: of Tallahassee. <laughs> but uh, anyway, wherever he goes, uh, the uh, of course, the way the draft works, and this won't change that much for for somebody that's going in the top ten because you are still going to a team that needs to needs more parts and pieces and ne- needs to do some work. But basically, you trade uh, some cash for a better organization the lower you go in the first round. I mean, if, you, if you're if you willing to give up a little bit of cash and you go lower, you're going to be in a better situation typically. Well, the, the other
2: thing is that, that fifth year uh, becomes, you know, almost in, in control of the club for about the first six or seven or eight picks because of the way the money works. Whereas if you're a, a 10 pick, a 12 or a 15, the player's kind of in control of that fifth year when it comes time for that next contract. So, you know, you could argue, we could argue indefinitely uh, about everything associated with it. I, I just personally think that, that Jalen will go uh, quicker as opposed to later. Uh, and so whoever either has the pick or wants to trade up for the pick will go specifically to get him. It'll be interesting to see it unfold. A good place to uh, see it
1: unfold would be Madison Social, uh, which is a pretty good place to... Uh, <clears throat> You don't have to partake of a sporting event, but uh, if you're choosing to, uh, and it's funny to term the NFL draft a sporting event, but it really is. It's a three-day event now, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. But anyway, you know the drill at Madison Social. Uh, It's uh, perfect weather to head on out there uh, and enjoy it. Big trivia night uh, every Tuesday, but uh, the draft obviously starts tomorrow. Conveniently, by the way, I checked the block calendar. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I I won't be at Madison Social tomorrow. I'll have my kids, but... I did notice that my wife conveniently has Bunko scheduled, which is a beautiful thing. That means that I I can put the TV on ESPN. I can put every TV in the house on ESPN, and I'm good. Bunko? Bunko. Bunko. Yes. Does your wife not do this?
2: No. You, my friend, have officially hit
1: middle age. Yes, I have.
2: (laughs) And and based on when the
1: Bunko started, I must have hit it several years ago, too. Now,
2: here's the next thing. I, I know how this works you're excited about it because Bunko is at someone else's house it's coming to your house
1: well that actually would be the only better scenario for tomorrow night because that would give me the excuse to be at madison social tomorrow night i'm
2: just saying yeah tom it's coming
1: oh no it's it's been i know <laughs> i know i circle those dates on the calendar and then i try to figure out what excuse i have to be by out the way of you, you play Bunko. you any good at it well are you any good at it first of all no i don't <laughs> Second of all, it's a complete <laughs> game of chance. It's a game of chance. My wife would tell you that there's skill involved. There's no skill involved whatsoever. I was just baiting you. I was yeah, going to no, see if you said. No. No. If you talk to the ladies that play the bunco, they'll tell you it's high skill. Perhaps they practice rolling the dice. I'm not sure. I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. That's enough conversation. Nobody tuned in to listen to us discuss bunco. So let's get to Tim Lennon. We'll ask this will be a question for Tim though. we will we'll start there. He he's newly wed. We'll see if we'll see if his other half uh, it, it partakes of bunko because Well played, Mr. We might have to elevate him right to well middle played, age. Mr. All right, we'll do that when we come back on the front row.
0: You're listening to The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones, only on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Here's Tom and Keith.
1: Back on The Front Row, uh, NFL pre-draft or pre-NFL draft edition, I guess I should say. Tom and Keith, Tim Linefeld, our Seminoles.com insider, joins us. Tim, how are you? good guys how are you good before we get to the uh the nfl draft a real let's talk about something very important yes this is pressing we got into it in the first segment does, does, does your better half play bunco uh
3: no, no she doesn't okay uh I don't know that she Well, the, uh,
1: then you're not middle-aged yet, so you, you, yet. you made the cut. Because we <laughs> were going to go ahead and accelerate your curve, the answer to that was yes, so you're good.
3: You know, it's funny, one of her uh, one of her best friends is, like, obsessed with it, so I think it's uh, it's coming quickly. It's inevitable. But, uh, but we're not there yet.
1: Yeah, okay, well, that, that's good news for you. You're off the hook for this time. <laughs> okay, good. And, by the way, you'll you'll be sure to go back and listen to a scintillating last few minutes of that first segment that Keith and I just wrapped up. All right, I mentioned, I teased the fact that uh, Seminoles.com right now has a list... Uh, or kind of went through all 42 first-round draft picks in Florida State football history and uh, ranked the top 10. So uh, I guess, first of all, how scientific a process was this, or did you just throw 42 names in the hat and draw a few out?
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know, that would be uh, really be something. But no, it wasn't quite like that. But, you know, what you, you try to do is get the, as many people as you can involved, people that have been around the program for a long time or people that, that follow the program currently and uh, have them pick out their top 10, and then, you you know, you just kind of do – First place, uh, number one gets ten points. Number two gets nine points, et cetera, et cetera, and you tally them all up, and uh, and there you go. So that's about as uh, as math intensive as I get. Uh, so uh, it worked out. Uh, it's worked called out weighted
2: out. averages.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was fairly. You know, when when you start getting to uh, you know adding big numbers together, I had to double check some of the uh, some of the calculations, but I think we got it.
1: So as I'm looking, and I have a list in front of me uh, of first-round picks in Florida State history, and uh, we sort of know the first one, and we wouldn't have needed a list to get here. But Keith, I'm going to presume that you would have had Dion at the top of the list. Yes, I, I would have as well. Is that that's who shakes out number one on this list, or do we have yes. to go to the website and click to actually? Well, find
3: out? I would, you know, click anyway just because it's a lot of fun. But uh, but yes, uh, Dion, no, no surprise there was number one, and I, I, I believe was was pretty much unanimous number
1: one well for the sake of the website we will we'll just discuss the top 10 but no more order here for the rest of them that's fine your turn your turn to guess give me a guy that's in the top 10 on that list brooks Derek brooks yep all right i'll go warwick dunn yep Mm,
2: simon
3: no hopefully he's not listening right now
1: Jameis winston he's there I just handed Keith the list to be fair because I, I had the crib sheet in front of me, so I, I, I had a little bit more
2: help. Uh, Janikowski, no. Although I voted for him. Well, yeah. I think I disagree with your panel, my friend. Well, <laughs> I will put you in touch with them. <laughs> I think th- I think that's
1: the kicker stigma there that's wearing. Yeah, him. it is. It is. Uh, Walter Jones has got to be on that list. Absolutely. Um, did Bolweer make it? He he did. Lawrence Timmons? He's there. All right, how many names are we up to now? Uh, we're getting close. We're getting close. Uh, yeah. Well, Keith, we can do it this way. Just because we're on this scintillating NFL draft segment, here's the picks historically. Ron Sellers, JT Thomas, Barry Smith, Bobby Butler, Alfonso Carricker, Jesse Hester, Sammy Smith, Dion Dexter Carter. Hold on while I silence my phone. Sure, uh, of course. That was Corey Simon calling in. He's a little frustrated that he's not on the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Devin Bush, uh, Derek Alexander, Renard Wilson worked on Walter Jones, Peter Bolware, Trey Thomas. He could be on the yep. list.
3: He, he, Trey Thomas made
1: it. There you go. Wadsworth obviously got hurt. I'm, I'm with Keith. Janikowski, I mean, uh, I'm not a former kicker, but it feels like at he's this He's got to be there. I mean, he's he's closing in on three decades, isn't he? I guess not yeah, quite yet. Yeah uh peter warwick Derek gibson jamal reynolds javon walker alex Barron, travis johnson cromarty antonio cromarty could be on that list he is probably higher than you would think right really well there's a tease i'll have to go to the website and help the metrics uh when we finish this segment uh who else we got here broderick bunkley cameron Wembley, ernie sims lawrence timmons patrick robinson christian ponder xavier rhodes bjorn werner EJ
2: Manuel, kelvin benjamin all right who do we leave out have you been keeping track who do we leave out Who's the obvious one we left out, Tim? Uh I, know, I, I, we, I think we
3: might have gotten them all. I think you might have. You know who uh you know who didn't did not make it that I thought might raise some eyebrows? Um uh, was uh Marvin Jones.
2: Marvin Jones, pretty good player.
3: Yeah. He was great he was great here and And, and, and pretty
2: good in the at the next level, but the the Jets were just not terribly good when yeah, he and, and and was and there.
3: He, and he was hurt and you know, I think if uh if there was if there was a number eleven, he would have been there. Uh, again, I was surprised by it. But uh, and, and you know who I thought might get a little more love and didn't was uh, Xavier Rhodes. Maybe his career just hasn't been uh, is, is not as long as, as some of the other guys, or he's, he's still developing. But he's turned into a really really nice player.
1: Yeah, I think I think so. I think guys. I don't disagree. I think guys from the Jimbo era are probably a little bit too new to. Although Jameis mm-hmm. Jameis was on that list, sure. but uh, you and, know Kelvin Benjamin would be a guy that. Uh, you know, someday could show up on that list if he comes back. Yeah,
3: absolutely. From... What well, even, you know, some of the feedback that we've gotten from uh, from folks online, uh, you know, on the, the social media channels or anything like that, they, some of you have even said that it's it's uh, too soon for, for Jameis. But at the same time, it's, it's hard to ignore, one, everything he did at Florida State, and two, uh, being the number one overall pick, the only number one overall pick, uh, in school history, I well, think and, and to be an old guy,
2: lot. be an old guy. You know, JT needs to get a little love too. Four yeah, Super Yeah, he, he was. He was on my list. <laughs> Four my Super Bowls. List. I, I yeah. think he's there. Yeah, well, he, he, I I agree with you. He,
3: I included him, but so, uh, but I'm also uh, really uh, I'm biased because I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. What, what
1: so so here's the segue. Then, as we bring it back to this this year's draft, when we do this in five years, will Jalen Ramsey be on that list of top ten? All-time first-round draft picks, or maybe seven years. We'll give it seven years.
3: Seven years, yeah. I'll say seven years. I think he will be, and I think that uh, there'll probably be some other guys, maybe from the uh, from the Jimbo Fisher era, that uh, that have cracked that list. You got to think seven years from now, uh, you're getting pretty healthy in the potential NFL careers for Dalvin Cook, Derwin James, some of the other uh, you know more special players that have come through here over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think it could work it that way, but, but you know, and really, what this uh, this whole little project has has served as a reminder, not that we needed one, is that. There's been some, uh, some really really high quality players uh, come through this program uh, over the last 40 years. So you're talking you know, several Hall of Famers, a, a multiple pro and college football Hall of Famers. Uh, it, so it's it, it's a tough list to crack just because the the level of, uh, of talent is just so strong in
1: it several nfl men of the year too uh, that's right that's right over the years so so where uh we, we kicked around jalen ramsey a little bit and obviously a month ago we were talking about could he be the first overall pick obviously that's not going to happen now it seems like everybody in the top 10 is threatening to trade down you know they want more picks and nobody outside of the top two i think it really is sort of a crapshoot i'm not sure anybody's got it completely dialed in on who's going where where do you think ramsey uh, goes
3: I think if, if San Diego doesn't take him, uh, and I don't know, I just saw something on Twitter, another, uh, another headline with Laramie Tunzel, like his father or stepfather is suing him or something. I No idea, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, if, if San Diego doesn't take Jalen Ramsey, I think the Dallas Cowboys almost certainly will take him uh, at number four. And that's kind of what I'd like to see happen. That just seems like a good fit, doesn't it? I read
2: another article about Jerry Jones, and, and of course it, sometimes it takes a, 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 an eccentric owner, to make some decisions go back to sebastian janikowski being drafted in the first round which had never happened before right but i read an article that jerry jones one of the best things he liked about Jalen ramsey is that fisher threw him out of practice one time <laughs> <laughs>
3: well it, and that that was the uh that was the open practice before the exactly exactly it was the during the rounds,
2: media day out.
3: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well guess who else got thrown out of practice
3: one time uh, I, I can think of well I can think of few, but I, you're probably uh, yeah. I'm probably thinking times. of
1: Jameis Winston, by the way. That's and right. that, that actually, right. uh, you know, you get out this intangible list, and somewhere that competitive nature of Jalen Ramsey has to factor on the short list because I mean he's a highly cerebral guy, but man, when he's between the lines, that motor is uh, he's revving
3: the engine. Well, thinking a step back further, uh, Miss remember... Doerner got thrown out of practice. Uh, a few other ones. It's always. You could probably build an all-American team out of guys that have that have gotten thrown out of Florida State practices at, at one time or another. And at the end of the day, as a coach, you probably have to do what you have to do. But in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, yeah, I, I, I kind of like what these guys are bringing to the table, you know?
2: By the way, are you call him from Siberia? You,
1: uh, no. Does it sound
3: that <laughs> way?
1: It just, there was a drop there. It was as if you didn't pay your bill last month or something. But apparently uh, you I'm... paid most of it because you only dropped for about eight seconds. Well,
3: so. I, I, need to, I need to check on that. Do I need to repeat anything? Are we good? No.
1: No, no. no. Okay. Uh, what you say is, uh, you know, we can only digest it once, Tim.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: All right, baseball. Uh, you know, Keith and I may may talk about this or touch on this on a, on a future show, but in light of what happened to Jim Voiles the other day, has uh, not that there would be right now, but do you recall any conversation? I know there's been some in spring training where pitchers have started to wear helmets. Has anybody raised that question? Has Florida State ever considered it? Is, are collegiate teams even talking about that at all as an option?
3: And not that I've heard, uh, we're supposed to talk to uh, to Mike Martin actually in just a little bit here. The, their schedule, like everybody, uh, is a little wonky this week with final exams. Uh, so a lot of baseball players weren't available earlier this week. So I'm going to talk to some of those guys today, and I, I plan to ask uh, about that. One, get an update on uh, on the situation there, uh, and then two, um, you know, see if there's any talk or, or been any kind of developments, uh, you know, over the last. I mean, it probably wouldn't be over the last few days, but if there's been any kind of talk. Uh, to going towards uh, pr- uh, protecting pitchers because, I mean, that is just a, a scary situation. And, and part of it, you know, is just the occupational hazard of, of baseball. There's always going to be some sort of risk with, with balls being hit that hard. But, you know, anything they can do to, to prevent that, I think would might be a good thing. You, you can bet that pitchers will, uh, will will fight tooth and nail probably to, uh, to prevent that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me, especially in the college game, if they ended up doing something uh, to, to stop this sort of thing just because, I mean, you know, it, it is pretty serious and pretty frightening.
1: Yeah, we certainly hope that he's okay. Uh, Sidebar on this, there's a fascinating story this month. Maybe it's not even this month, but whatever the most recent real sports is that I watched um, on fans getting hit by foul balls and why doesn't Major League Baseball have netting And they even go to Japan, and in the Japanese leagues, the entire stadium is netted. I mean, you can't get hit by a foul ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And meanwhile here, and and they they told the story, of course, from the point of view, unfortunately, of folks who got hit by foul balls, and there's no liability because if you read the back of your ticket – you assume all the risks so these people have had to shell out their own i see keith from an insurance
2: standpoint wants to weigh in but well I, the bigger the problem with this fans is most of the time they're not looking right if, i mean if you're in the daggum stadium pay attention people there's balls flying around they
1: well they went to uh, i think it's washington state has some sort of sports science lab and they put fans behind uh, almost like it wasn't a screen like a, a you would use to throw batting practice but it was a clear like plexiglass window or something and uh, they had them looking directly at it, and they 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 set up the machine to send it the speed of a of a foul ball, and even looking directly at it, they couldn't get their hand up in time. That's how yeah. quickly the balls are coming. Out. Anyway, it, it's, it's much it's play. much better TV than I'm describing on the radio, and I didn't mean to take <laughs> us down that, but it, it it is an interesting topic, and I it, as it relates to college baseball, and I think you're right, Tim. There'll be a big fight at the major league level. I, I know the Pirates were wearing some of these. Uh, I think some of their pitchers sampled some sort of helmet in spring training. Um, but at the college level, you could you could institute that. I mean, you've got you've got the the aluminum bats. You've got your first and third base coach wearing helmets. I mean, we've been worried forever yeah. about the speed the ball comes off the bat. That would be a fix, even if it's a quote unquote uncool fix, because now you're wearing the helmet on the
3: mound. Well, i just wondering if it. I mean, it almost have to be something different than anything we've seen right now, right? You couldn't just wear like a batting helmet. Uh, the with the the motion that you make when you when you pitch uh, the. the, the probably have the helmet fall off every time you threw the ball uh so you have to be something different um like a like a hybrid i don't know like a a harder tougher baseball cap style uh i I don't know exactly what it is but uh somebody's gonna you know probably make themselves some money if they can invent it
1: yeah no question all right well keith you and i Mark that down, Tom. Topic for a future show. What what number are we up to? He's, he's right. on like his third legal pad of topics for a future show. I don't think we've ever gone back and touched on any of the previous ones, but it's but a we lengthy list miss. for a rainy day. Uh, meanwhile, on the field, Tim, the baseball team went 5-0 and oh last week. They have a big series at Clemson. I don't know. Do we feel any better about the starting pitching based on the fact that Friday and Saturday there were decent uh, stints that lasted into the fifth or sixth inning?
3: Well, it's it's definitely a positive development. I, I don't know that I would overreact to it too much. You'd like to see them string a few starts together, uh, starting of course with with this weekend, Clemson. Uh, Clemson obviously is uh, typically a pretty tough place to play for, for Florida State. The baseball team, uh, you know, sometimes has some challenges up there. But Clemson also is seemingly struggling a bit uh, as they transition to a new coaching staff, new regime up there. So. A pretty good opportunity to bank a couple wins at a place where uh, you sometimes pass some trouble. So, uh, you know, again, it's a positive development. I don't, I don't know that uh, it, that all your problems are gone, but it, at least a step in the right direction. Still
2: getting some love from the polls, though. I
3: mean, Absolutely, uh, uh, the top five, I think in D one baseball and, and right around there, and some of the other ones. And there's so many college baseball polls, I never have any idea which one to actually prescribe to. Usually, the one that has Florida State ranked the highest is, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's generally what fans do.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I would take uh, again short sample size, uh, and and you would want to see him string more starts, quality starts together. Uh, but Quincy neoporty we have the sample size of last year, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, the shorter sample size of this last week. And if he's somewhere in between last year and last week, that greatly enhances this FSU lineup.
3: Oh yeah, it's a complete and total game changer if he's able to get his stroke back and and hit for power. It's, it's really been you know one of the the holes. In yeah, the lineup this season is you just haven't been able to get much out of out of a guy who you thought was going to be your best power hitter. And we've seen some other players emerge in that respect, but but they're always going to be better with Quentinia Porti you know, slugging the ball and, and hitting home runs and extra base hits. And so again, you know, we'll see if that's able to carry on into this week. And if it does, I mean, it really could com- change the complexion of this team in this lineup, and to the point where you still need your pitching to to be steady and improve. But if you're able to hit the ball like he was hitting it last weekend, hey, you have a little more wiggle room there.
1: Yeah, we'd all be feeling better right now if Kobe Johnson still had his elbow intact and if we knew Jim Voiles was going to be able to come back fine in two weeks, and hopefully he will, but we don't know that right now. One last question on a, a different topic. the uh, I guess the NBA released the list of all the underclassmen whose names are out there for the draft and one XRM. Uh, th- that set of initials was not on the list. Do we have confirmation that he's coming back to FSU, or are we is that still up in the air?
3: Uh, I believe it's still up in the air, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, that changed soon. I believe he's expected to come back to FSU. I'm not sure when the official announcement will be or if it is official, but the, from what I've heard, uh, the plan is that, that he intends to come back next season. All
1: right. Anything else you'd like to share, Bunko tips or otherwise?
3: Uh, I, I think that's, uh, that's about it.
1: Okay, good deal. Well, let us know when when your better half does start playing Bunko and we'll officially welcome you to middle to age. our club. I, I'll look
3: forward to it. <laughs> All right,
1: Tim Linnefeld, our Seminoles.com insider. Uh, it, it is an interesting article. when you look. I, I tell you what, when you look at an article uh, like that, the top ten picks, or you look at these lists, Keith, uh, it does evoke an awful lot of memories and emotions of watching those guys play.
2: It's an error thing, too. I mean, you and I will disagree, even though we're, we're basically a generation apart, 12, 14 years, and, and I could sit down with with groups my age, and that top 10 list would have some overlap, but it would be different than the top 10 list you have. And then Tim's, you know, his group is 12, 15 years younger than you. Uh, it, it, it truly is what you remember and how you think of it, and that's why those lists are so interesting. All right. We'll talk more about that when we uh, continue on the next segment right here on The Front Row.
0: Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in Tallahassee's All Saints District. This is The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Presented by Hobson Chevrolet. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom Block and Keith Jones.
1: Keith, let's continue this football conversation that uh, we just had with Tim. Thanks to Tim for joining us, as always. By the way, Ashton Henderson will join us next segment. He uh, is recently back at Florida State. He had been here previously, but uh, he is teaching the uh, leadership course that's uh, mandatory for Florida State freshman student-athletes. They just finished their first semester. We'll talk with him a little bit about exactly what that entails. Uh, The top 10, Keith, as you mentioned, obviously we're all, uh, you know, anybody that we pick is going to be a reflection of our own personal circumstances, be that era, be that geography, whatever it is, be that favorite team. Um, So if you and I sat down and wrote our our top 10 list, they would have different names. There'd be a couple names that would be on, that would overlap.
2: If it was a top 10, there'd probably be five common and then we 'd be different on five, and we 'd both you know uh, have our reasons for picking them differently the uh, The
1: interesting thing about the draft is that we sp- we 've spent all this time where 's jalen Ramsey going to go jalen ramsey 's going to be a rich man tomorrow night, whether he goes three or whether he goes fifteen, and he 's going to forever be a first round draft pick. But as in terms of NFL success, for all this focus on first-round picks, NFL teams are made by how they draft in round two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And so I'm really much more curious over the next three days to see how and where some of these other guys go in the draft, whether it's even Aguayo, who's going to go somewhere as a kicker. But, you know, you, Tim, and I had this conversation six weeks ago, probably, and I think the consensus was that five players would be drafted. I'm
2: not sure it's going to get to five uh, as we creep closer. But one of the things that happens, though, and we've seen this, and it happened during the dynasty years of of Coach Bowden, because you're coming out of a high-profile program like Florida State and because the kids that preceded you that were drafted higher, at least to date, have performed well – you sometimes, to use a NASCAR reference, you get to just draft in on that tail. And and so, you know, a Newberry or a a Brutus, uh, you know, might be able to squeeze in there at six or seven. In other words, it may be more than five as you're sliding in with the program i'm not saying that's going to happen but we have seen that happen i think i'd want i don't disagree i think i'd
1: walk it back to four as we get closer now but i don't really know it's a crapshoot but i mean uh, to me the only slam dunks are ramsey and aguayo and aguayo 's not even a slam dunk as a kicker but it seems to be given the way they've changed the the kicking in the nfl that he would go
2: by the way did you see that then, yeah. sports show they were on i didn't catch all of it but it was almost like uh, the superstars contest did not see it, and Ramsey uh, was performing as was Aguayo I didn't watch the program but they were both there it reminded me of you know ABC super sports or superstars or whatever I imagine they both did ago. pretty
1: well given the the freak of a kicker that Aguayo is and oh, the freak f- of an athlete my that first Ramsey thought was is.
2: my first thought you know me my first thought was how much they get paid to do that are they what, what, what's that check look like exactly well I'm not surprised good for you what can I say?
1: So who else is going then? If you agree with those two, we've done this exercise before. But it's Terrence Smith is he getting drafted
2: or not? I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides. of I know of my mouth. every time
1: I ask you a yes no question, I can't get a yes no you know, answer.
2: I, Ter- Terrence should. He should. He should be a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, uh, you know, new, somebody should take a chance on Newberry, even though he doesn't have a great body of work. And Nile. And Nile. And, and those would be the five. The five we're going to go. I think because and, he, and then you know the other kids. Maybe the NASCAR you know, following in on the tail comes in the free agency, but I just think you're going to end well, up with a I number could, of kids I could definitely see LaMarcus, in NFL
1: camps. I could definitely see LaMarcus Brutus making a roster through free agency and being uh, an intelligent, works hard, does a special teams thing. I mean, I'm he's, just saying, he's going to get an invite. I'm just
2: saying if you're sitting there picking seventh round and I can take a kid from Vanderbilt or I can take a kid from Florida State, I'm going to take a kid from Florida State because of the program he came from. That's where I think these kids benefit. That's my personal opinion. Yeah,
1: well, and I don't disagree with it. I I just – it's always interesting. Of course, most of these guys – you know, Jalen's going to go tomorrow night, and uh, Friday is when Aguayo will go, Maybe. Maybe. And then everybody else we're talking about would be Saturday afternoon before they go, which is markedly different than what we've had the last few years. Uh, You know, 11 in two out of the last three years have been drafted. Of course, as you as you project the future, and I think I mentioned this off air. I already looked at projections for 2017 draft and it was just a top 10 list and it didn't have any knolls in that top 10, but it did have two knolls and a list of about eight more to watch. And there were, of course, Roderick Johnson and Dalvin Cook. And then you'd look a year after that, and you're going to have Derwin James and Josh Sweat. And I'm leaving out lots of names. So the the pipeline is not dry. I have to think for Jimbo, who's in Chicago tonight, and his staff, that this must be an incredibly rewarding time because they've known these kids since they were – some cases pre-high school probably if if they they came came to camps
2: camps early they came to camps early but
1: certainly they've gotten to know them extensively the two or three years before they came to fsu so i mean this is a six or seven or eight or nine year relationship that comes to fruition tonight uh or or over the next three days with them getting an opportunity to play at the next level and
2: we hate talking about it but the reality is it's the number of wins you know are you winning 10 or 11 or 12 a year uh you get those wins by points on the scoreboard that's another quantitative measurement, uh, either the points you score or the, the points you hold your opponent to. This is a, a quantitative measurement of how well you did in recruiting, evaluating talent, and then developing talent. So, because this is the next level, the last level, and they're basically uh, commenting on your program – by where that particular athlete gets picked in round one through seven at whatever position. So uh, it's obviously that's a simplistic approach to it, but back to your comment. And I've talked to Jimbo a little bit about it. He's not a big guy. He he doesn't worry about him being validated by having, you know, X number of kids fall into Y amounts of rounds. Uh, He wants what's best for the each individual kid. Uh, He doesn't get his jollies about, you know, he's, he's put, x number into the nfl or y in the first round uh important but that's that's not what here where he comes from but yes it is a a testament a measurement a grade uh, a scoreboard scorecard something uh, about your staff and your 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 program's ability to evaluate bring in and develop talent it's also something to fill the sports calendar until we play football for for real well think about this think about this 30 years ago you read about the draft in the paper the next morning and now it's a primetime show. Yeah,
1: well, you could you could write a whole dissertation, honestly, on ESPN survived because it had the crazy idea to televise the NFL draft when it first did in the early 80s. There's another topic for another day, right? We've got to uh, take a break. We'll come back. Ashton Henderson will join us. As I mentioned, he teaches the uh, leadership development course for freshman student athletes at FSU. Look forward to that conversation. That's right on the other side of this break here on the front row.
0: Maggie, I couldn't have tried anymore. You led me away from home. You are listening to the front row with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Got a question? Email them at the front row at 979-espnradio.com. Here's Tom and Keith.
1: Welcome back to the front row and we will uh, jump back on the phone. Once again, we're pleased to uh, welcome to the program Ashton Henderson and uh, he's from these parts originally but uh currently works with the fsu athletics department uh you hear jimbo fisher talk a lot about uh outreach and and student development and things player development things off the field and ashton has a hand in that because he teaches the new uh seminal leadership class and that may not be the formal name so i'll, I'll let you supply the bl- uh, fill in the blank there but uh, thanks for taking some time to join us and welcome to the program ashton
4: tom keith i appreciate you guys having me on truly an honor
1: what, well, thank you. Tell us a little bit about this show, uh, and, and go ahead and uh, what is the formal name of it, and 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 uh, you know, just give us kind of the thumbnail sketch, and then we'll we'll go from there.
4: Absolutely. Uh, the name of the program is called the Seminole Leadership Program, and the mission of this program is to uh, cultivate meaningful relationships, enhance character development, and ensure that our students are all students, particularly incoming freshmen, are maximizing every opportunity they have at Florida State University. Uh, we have five pillars that the program is based off of, and that's character development, leadership, time management, social pressures, social responsibility, and obviously financial literacy. you got to balance that money. So one of those things, and that's kind of the premise and, the, and our mantra, what we have and what we go by and teach in these, in these educational sessions that we put on every week
1: now you said students I, I just want to clarify it's it's is it specifically student athletes or is it general? yes sir okay uh so we're talking about freshman student athletes at florida state and keith i know your eyes got big he mentioned financial literacy and obviously we're in this era of cost of attendance and uh so the players are getting do- or student athletes are getting dollars now that they previously didn't so uh, you know what kind of things do you teach them uh in in terms of that aspect of what they have to deal with now
4: absolutely Tom. when i was a student athlete at michigan state uh I remember I did not balance my money very well. I was always going to get Air Jordan, doing things, frivolously spending my money, doing things that I regretted. So I take my personal experience and let them know, ensuring bringing in professionals. Uh, We actually brought in Wells Fargo uh, to do an educational series in regards to what does it mean to have uh, what's a good credit score? How do you budget? How do you prioritize, you know, what you give money to or how to make sure you're putting yourself in a good financial situation moving forward in your life. So we actually had a, a couple sessions that they came in and, and empowered our students to understand the power of the dollar, and, and that three-digit number is going to control a lot of things in your life and what you do. So our students really learned a lot from it and uh, really getting a good experience and have a better understanding of the whole financial, you know, how to budget and do things the right way.
2: Ashton, KJ here. I I think our listeners need to also know that uh, you're a product of this. Uh, You were a a student athlete at at Michigan uh, State. Uh, You've authored books on this. You uh, spent time at Clemson. Uh, This whole concept of uh, enabling and exposing student athletes to things that are outside uh, the playing surface uh, is something you've kind of built your career around.
4: Absolutely. I have a Affinity for this, like none other. Uh, it's, it's truly something that I really value, and it's so important uh, to really build and pour into these students, especially student athletes, as they're here to make sure that there's so many resources here for them. But we just want to ensure that they're uh, make sure they're maximizing every opportunity they have and having the platform that we have at Florida State to not only get a first-class education as only compete and play with the best of the best every year. You know, year in, year out, every sport's up, you know, postseason opportunities and going to the Final Four and the playoffs, and the bar is set so high. And there's nothing, anything you can't achieve here if you really just tap into the resources that
2: we have. I think the even the casual fan would acknowledge, and Jimbo talked about this when he, he became and transitioned into the head coach, about nutrition and, and weightlifting and uh, some of the things they do differently on the field with the uh, electronic monitoring system, uh, psychologist and, and the thought process. But we sometimes do forget that these are 17-, 18-, 19-year-old kids that are out on their own for the first time, and there's a whole bunch of stuff they can get into through either ignorance or, or just being naive that, that the Florida State family has a responsibility to educate them on.
4: Just like we can, and if I could, I'm I'm grateful. When I was an 18 year old, 19 year old, Facebook and social media wasn't so prevalent at that time. But <laughs> well, we might not be conducting this interview. I'm kidding, but seriously, uh, it's just so much uh, out there that our students can be harmed by, and we're here for be a resource. That's why I've teamed up with uh, individuals in the in the in the player development realm. All my best friends and I co-authored. Beyond the gridiron, how to successfully transition into collegiate football, hitting all these topics. He's working with the Miami Dolphins. is in his seventh year now, and we are continuously coming up with new ways, bouncing things off of each other to really help uh, make sure that our students, not only at this level, understand how they get to the next level is is by by taking care of your business academically, uh, being a great influencer, and a, your brand is so your brand is so critical in that process. So that's what we. Uh, kind of want them to understand every day just take heed to everything you have
1: you know when jimbo got here he had worked with nick saban and when i've had conversations with jimbo he uh you know, this whole talk of player development, Jimbo really will attribute to Nick being the first guy that was, uh, I don't want to say on this bandwagon, but they had the foresight enough to realize that there was a need here to get out in front of this. And so Jimbo uh, obviously has done many of the things uh, that, that Nick did previously when they were at LSU. I, I'm curious, and I'm not asking you to throw your alma mater under the bus, but it, were you motivated? Was, was this an area that was lacking greatly when you were at Michigan State and you saw a need uh, for this for student-athletes?
4: I think I was very fortunate to be uh, at Michigan State and have the opportunities that was already afforded to me. And student athlete development, Michigan State prides itself with you know, the inception of Coach Saban being there during that era, having the first academic center alone. Dr. Clarence Underwood is a father of academic support. Uh, he created this model, which has transcended into uh, something that's going to continuously get more revenue and more dollars through it because it's such a prevalent part of what we do to educate and empower our students. Uh, so I just think, you know, I was very fortunate and that field that I learned there just wanted me to continually enhance it and make it better everywhere I went. And there's no other better place than being back home to do it for, even though I didn't go here as a physical connection to Florida State from being a young 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 man watching in the stands in the early 90s and up to the area. So, it's emotional you know it's a good connection here and i'm grateful to be back to do this for our own population in our city
2: well i i, I can tell you just as an as a, as a one looking from the outside uh, the biggest thing that jumps out at me about this program is it's not optional it's mandatory i mean that's how firmly uh, the administration and the coaching staffs believe in it uh, you are going to do this and you are going to be exposed to it
4: yeah it's one of the best feelings to know uh, one of our students is that we, we have an expectation that starts from all the way up from our athletic director to, to the president that we want the best for our students. And we just got the evaluation back from this go around and students are raving about it. And we're just actually continuously meeting to make sure that we make it even better. This is an environment that we strive to make them comfortable uh, we have fun too. Um, we we have a good time, but we will learn tangible things with our our no nuggets mechanism that we have. We use social media. We make it fun when we adapt to to their skill sets and learn because we all learn differently. But it's so fun to bring all these diverse cultures together and see what happens. And I'm, I'm excited for the fall.
1: We're talking with Ashton Henderson, who uh, works with the Florida State Athletics Department and teaches the leadership development class for uh, freshman student-athletes that's mandatory. They just finished the first semester of it. They'll do it again in the fall. We started with, with financial literacy. What are some of the other topics that, that are addressed uh, over the course of the semester, Ashton?
4: Absolutely. We, we talked about protecting your brand. Uh, that was something where Caleb Thornhill actually came in and empowered our students about how important it is to, to maximize uh, LinkedIn. Uh, getting on those professional development sites, tapping into the 300K plus alumni that we have that are all spread out across this great nation and internationally and everywhere to help them get to where you want to be. We talked about making wise choices. Uh, We talked about diversity and inclusion. We talked about how to deal with stress. We talked about Title IX. We talked about various topics, uh, just an array of topics that students had an interest in and we brought in the best and the brightest from campus and partnered with them to, to come up with innovative activities and as well as engaging activities because, you know, 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds, you don't want to preach at them. You want to educate and have them be a part of the process. So that's what was most effective about everything we did. It was always engaging. But one of the biggest things, uh, we went and served the community. We went to the Palmer Monroe Teen Center over on over by campus and to see the students go and make an impact not only for what they do to understand how many people look up to them, and to see the smile on those students on the kids' faces at Palm Monroe is just a wonderful feeling.
1: Let me ask you as as we as we wrap up here. Uh... My sense is that what's new is that this is a course for for freshman student athletes that's required. But there's a there's a whole department of athletic student services that has, has existed for a long time at Florida State that I would imagine deals with many of these same things as they continue throughout their college careers. Is that is that accurate?
4: Absolutely. This is just this program and initiative is just one of the one of the many of we have a Cornucopia programs that are tailored to guide our student athletes from the inception as soon as they step foot on this campus to the day they leave and when they when they leave they're always connected to us because that's even the most exciting part to to celebrate them and what they're doing and but various programs and individuals and influencers all over this campus and our department in student services and academics that have been going on since the inception of what we have and we'll just continue to up the ante and and with the resources that we've been supported through the ncaa and everything that
2: we have around us to make them better. Well, Ashton, I, uh KJ, again, I, I applaud your efforts. Uh, I, I know as a former athlete, I'm 30-something years removed, uh, and I know the world that these kids live in now is far different than the world that I came up to uh, when I left Wildwood, Florida, to come to Tallahassee. Uh, I don't think our uh, casual listeners or even casual fans of Florida State can truly appreciate uh, the pressures and and the, the focus that are on these kids today, and their ability to uh, perform uh, on the field gets noticed, but things that they do and the way they comport themselves off the field uh, also gets really, really noticed in ways that I don't think the kids can ever truly appreciate.
4: No, you're, it's I appreciate you saying that, kid. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's definitely, it's a different day and age and uh, different era, different expectations, a lot of pressure on the student-athletes to excel and, you know, we talk mental health and different various things in that regard are in the mix more prevalent than anything right now, a hot-button topic that's out there. But uh, it's, it's different, and I'm grateful that we have an administration that believes in this, and we're going to continue to make it better and empower every student that comes through here, especially to make it better experience for them and, light and create lifelong ambassadors for Florida State University.
1: Ashton, we appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, of time to explain exactly what the course is. Uh, good luck, uh, and, and thanks for your efforts at FSU.
4: Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a good day and go know. You bet. Take care. All
1: righty. There you go. Ashton Henderson, who uh, actually went to Lincoln High School. and uh, Man, we forgot to mention that. He played football at Michigan State, came back and was working at FSU, uh, then went to Clemson, and now is back uh, running that leadership class. Let's react to that a little bit more uh, when we come back and finish up right after this on the front row. <laughs>
0: Listening to the front row with Tom Locke and Keith Jones. Got a question? Email them at the front row at 979ESPN radio.com. Here's Tom and Keith.
1: As per usual, just a couple of minutes to uh, wrap up. Keith, that was an interesting conversation with Ashton Henderson at FSU. A lot of what they're doing with that leadership course, uh, quite frankly, uh, would translate. To the general student population, not just here, but anywhere. I, I long, uh, even coming out of high school, uh, you know, you sort of get thrust into life. And uh, in in some respects, you do things the way your parents did them, good or bad. And uh, if your parent was an expert in one area, then you probably were pretty good. But if your parents weren't, then, uh, you know, buying car insurance, securing a mortgage, balancing your checkbook, all those type things. I always wondered why there weren't more life skills type courses as you go through the education system.
2: And the normal students, the regular students at Florida State also get exposed to it. I know there's a program uh, at the dormitory level with the uh, resident um, uh, folks, resident managers at the dormitory level where they have similar types of programs right. uh that you know that that we at at our age may look at and say they're simplistic and and shouldn't kids already know that well that's said by people that haven't had children <laughs> cuz i know with my kids they're all grown but when they were 17 18 19 years of age as as hard as their mom and i tried to to make them well rounded and expose them to things and teach them things there were plenty of things that i went my child just did that
1: Yeah, Uh, it was unbelievable. Well, and to be fair, my perspective is from when I was coming through high school, uh, because my kids are young and they haven't been at this point yet for those sort of lessons. So I can't speak to what is being taught now uh, at those levels. But it's good to know that uh, that that course has been implemented and is mandatory for freshman student athletes at FSU. Uh, It it really is. uh, You know, when you listen to Jimbo and uh, we, Jeff Cameron, Tom, the media in general, you know, Jimbo has sort of his catchphrases, and it's easy to, to make fun of him. But if you actually stop and think about him, and, and if you if you notice what he centers everything around, it's the players. And ultimately, the players are who win wins the games, but everything he talks about is related to the players. And in
2: the age of social media that we live in right now, when, when I was playing ball, Tom, we were noticed as athletes. OK, but but we were kind of left alone and there weren't videos and photographs that could be instantly put into the entire universe. Today's kids are known. They're watched. And in some cases, they're being um, uh, challenged. In other words, uh, if they're out somewhere. There'll be a group of people that come up and challenge them because they're athletes. How do you conduct yourself? How do you turn around and walk away? How do you keep yourself out of situations that don't escalate into bad things? Because everything's recorded or everything's photographed and it becomes instantly available.
1: Yes, it does. Except for folks like you. Does your does your phone have a camera on it?
2: My phone has a camera?
1: Exactly. Would you like a lesson on that when we finish up? Go away. You can take pictures. You can post them directly. Yes, I know it has that. Social media education continues here on the front row. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday. Have a great week, everybody.